Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, wishing you and your family a blessed Christmas season. Before I share today's message, I want to take a moment to remind you that Something Good is supported 100% by listeners like you. Your prayers and financial gifts keep the broadcast airing all year round on radio and online, and we continue to see people come to faith in Christ as a result. All of us here at Something Good Radio understand how difficult the past few years have been for so many people. Lost jobs, financial stress, social and political unrest. One thing you can do to help hurting people find the hope they're looking for is to prayerfully consider sending a special year-end tax-deductible gift to Something Good Radio, and do this before December 31st. It's during times of adversity in this life when people begin to seek answers about the next life. Many will be doing that for the first time in the days and weeks ahead. And that's why I'm asking for your help, because I want to be there to help answer those questions from God's holy word, both now and in the years ahead. Thank you for listening, and please know how grateful I am for your prayers and financial support. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Hello, I'm Brian Davis, and you're listening to this Christmas Day edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Thanks for spending part of this great and glorious day here with us. Well, Jesus is known by many names, and for the past several days, Ron has taken an in-depth look at six of them, but he may well have saved the best for last. It's the name Jesus, and what a beautiful name it is. Stay with us now as Ron wraps up his teaching series, Knowing God by His Christmas Names, or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, Jesus. Let's begin in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, uh, where it says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You know, some people are so famous, we know them by their mononym. That's a new word for me, it probably is for you too. A mononym is a single name. Examples from the entertainment world include Cher, Prince, Elvis, how about Bono, or Adele? Here's one, you probably already thought of this one, Beyonce. Uh, These are all uh, musicians and singers that we know by a single name. Kanye West recently changed his name from two words to one. He now calls himself Yee. And that threw me into a state of confusion because He named his son North, and now I'm wondering, is his son's name Northwest or North Yi? It probably doesn't matter. Soccer fans recognize the name Pele, a single name, Pele, as the soccer goat. I mean, he is the greatest of all time, Pele is. Historians refer to philosophers with mononyms like Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, and even Voltaire. 
But there is one person in history and in eternity who is truly the greatest of all time. He has no comparison. You don't put him in a list with others. He is in a category all by himself. He possesses a multitude of names, including Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. He who came from heaven to earth is also known as Emmanuel, God, God with us, and, and uh, Logos, uh, or the Word. And if you're one of his disciples, you probably recognize all of these names as uh, his Christmas names. But if none of these names by which he is known rings a Christmas bell, this name will. His name, are you ready for this? Is Jesus. And it's the most beautiful and powerful mononym anyone has ever heard. Now, technically, our Lord's name is not Jesus Christ or even Christ Jesus. Sometimes you see it flipped around that way. Jesus is his name, but Christ is his title. It's a title which means Messiah or the Anointed One. Born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, Jesus was the long-awaited Christ child whom the prophets predicted would sit upon the throne of David forever. Now, how and why did this special child receive the name Jesus? Well, to answer that question, we got to travel back in time all the way to ancient Palestine. And let's do that by uh, landing in the middle of uh, Luke's gospel and the Christmas story that he records. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, here it is, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. The angel of the Lord went on to say to Mary, the child will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. If anyone was ever the goat, the greatest of all time, well, his name is Jesus. Now, when Joseph learned that his betrothed Mary was pregnant, the Bible says in Matthew's gospel that he resolved quietly to divorce her. In a dream, the angel of the Lord informed Joseph of the supernatural conception by the Holy Spirit and the special child that was growing inside Mary's womb. And then the angel said, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And then the angel adds this, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph did not choose the child's name, nor did Mary. The name was chosen for them from heaven. This heaven sent angel who, who, who explained everything to Joseph in a dream and had conversation with Mary and said, this child's name shall be Jesus. Now, the name Jesus means Yahweh saves, or Yahweh is salvation. 
Uh, that's why the angel said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Uh, inherent in the name is his divine purpose and reason in coming. The name by which the world knows this famous uh, rabbi from Nazareth points to his uh, divine mission and purpose. Thus, Jesus is our Savior. Now, that sounds like kind of churchy language, doesn't it? To say he is our Savior. He's a Savior because he came to save us from our sins. The title Savior reminds me of a Christmas card I received years ago that reads, If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us, you guessed it, a Savior. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now let's go a little bit deeper into the name of Jesus. It gets a little bit tedious and in kind of the category of etymology, you know, uh, what, how words uh, have meaning and so forth. But the name Jesus is worth exploring because uh, it produces good theology, a good understanding of uh, why he was named Jesus and who he is. Yeshua is the transliteration of Jesus from the Hebrew and Aramaic languages. Yeshua. Yeshua comes from two words, the word Yah, which is an abbreviation of Yahweh, uh, the God of Israel, and Yasha which means rescue, deliver, or save. Furthermore, the English spelling of Yeshua is Joshua, uh, which when translated into the Koine Greek, which was the language of the New Testament, it becomes Isus, which becomes Jesus in English. <laughs> I know it's a long way around the block to understand how he got his name Jesus. Uh, and I hope you're still with me there. The name Jesus was common in the first century. It's important for us to understand that. It was like calling somebody Joe or John or Bill. Uh, so common. And, and, and the name Joshua, which is related to Jesus, was common in the first century as well. I know something about common names because I have one of those common names, at least in my generation. Um, but there's no further distinction to me. I mean, I start and I end with commonality. I'm kind of like a, a, a raindrop falling from the sky into the big blue ocean, and it just kind of blends in with everybody else. I mean, there's so many Ron Joneses out there. Very common name. Up next, the second half of today's Something Good radio message with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's teaching is part of Ron's series, Knowing God by His Christmas Names. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to watch or listen to the entire series or to download Ron's sermon notes from today's message. That's somethinggoodradio.org. What should we do with this man called Jesus? How do we honor his name? Find out next in the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Jesus. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. Uh, Jesus, on the other hand, identifies with common people by assuming a very common name in the first century, but by adding Christ, by adding a title to his uh, identification. He is Jesus Christ, Jesus who is the Christ. Well, that quickly reminds us that he is uniquely the anointed one. 
uniquely the one that all the prophets were talking about for centuries. And speaking of Joshua, well, just as Old Testament Joshua led the Israelites to take possession of the promised land by defeating enemies like the Canaanites, Jesus leads us to victory over sin and death and even the, de the devil. So what's in a name like Jesus? Uh, what makes it the most beautiful and powerful mononym we have ever heard? How should we relate to his wonderful name even at Christmas time? Let me suggest uh, a few ways that I think are very, very practical for us. Number one, exalt the name of Jesus. Exalt the name of Jesus this Christmas. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Exalt the name of Jesus. Worship Jesus. Worship him because of all that his name means. And for this reason and more, because he has an exalted name, a name to which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. For this reason and more, we should never, ever take the name of Jesus Christ in vain. And yet today I hear people use his name as an expletive. I never hear them use uh, the name of Muhammad or Confucius, or what, but, but, but boy, the name Jesus can get drugged through the mud. No, we need to exalt the name of Jesus, especially at Christmas time. Secondly, experience salvation in Jesus' name. The early church expressed no ambiguity about the exclusivity of salvation and the source of salvation. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostle Peter said, and there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. No other name uh, scales as high and as exalted as the name of Jesus. And we experience salvation in Jesus' name. Thirdly, receive forgiveness in Jesus' name. When the Apostle Peter realized that the gospel was also for the Gentiles, not just for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. You may remember in Acts chapter 10 that he traveled uh, to uh, a region where he met a man named Cornelius, a centurion of the Italian cohort. And he said to this Gentile leader, to Jesus all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him, listen to this, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. There's power to forgive in the name of Jesus. Next, we pray in Jesus' name. In the upper room, Jesus spoke to his disciples in a way that made prayer in his name a priority. He said in John 14, beginning in verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything, he says, in my name, I will do it. What does it mean to pray in the exalted name of Jesus? Well, well it means that we're praying according to his will and according to his authority. 
Jesus even taught us in the Sermon on the Mount to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The setting of priorities, the establishment of, I, I, I plan to request this from you because I know it is in keeping with your will. And anything that we pray in the name of Jesus, according to his will, well, of course, he's going to answer that. Next, be baptized in Jesus' name. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, the apostle Peter echoed the great commission that Jesus gave to his disciples by saying these words, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And he adds, For the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Also from the Great Commission, you know, Jesus told us to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. By baptizing in Jesus' name, not to mention the other members of the Holy Trinity, we are unmistakably identifying ourselves with Him and nobody else. Uh, next, be healed in Jesus' name. While entering the temple at the uh, at the hour of prayer, you may remember in Acts chapter 3 that both uh, Peter and John, two of the apostles, came upon a lame beggar. And uh, he wanted them to give him something. And Peter said to him, I have no silver and gold, but what I do, I have, uh, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man did just that. There's, there's healing power in the name of Jesus. And then finally, we fight spiritual battles in Jesus' name. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sent uh, some disciples out, sort of like an advanced team. There were 72 of them on this team, and they went into the cities and into the uh, tiny little hamlets where Jesus was going to be ministering and uh, prepared the way for him. And um, upon returning, uh, Luke says, that they rejoiced. And one of the things they rejoiced about, uh, they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Yeah, they, they were able to step into the spiritual world and in the name of Jesus, command demons here and there. Uh, even the demons respect the power in the name of Jesus. Uh, this is all part of the Christmas story. His name, this, this child's name that was growing in Mary's womb, shall be called Jesus. And there's no more beautiful or powerful or significant or exalted name than the name of Jesus. Hillsong recorded a beautiful song that's sort of become an anthem in the church. We sing it often here at our church, titled, What a Beautiful Name It Is. And uh, the chorus goes like this, what a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King, what a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. And then when the chorus repeats it, it changes slightly to what a wonderful name it is, followed by what a powerful name it is. Yeah, when you think of the name Jesus, it's beautiful. It's wonderful, it's powerful, it's inspiring. There's only one mononym that is worthy, friend, of our Christmas worship. 
And it's not Beyonce, it's not Elvis, it's not Aristotle or Socrates or Pele. The one name exalted above all names in heaven and on earth that is worthy of our Christmas worship, his name is Jesus. Don't forget that name, especially at Christmas. Worship this baby, this child named Jesus because he came to save his people from their sins. Do you know him as Savior this Christmas? Or do you just kind of know him as a, a good teacher, a moral leader? No, he came to be your Savior. And I want to encourage you this Christmas to consider the name Jesus in all of its meaning, in all of its power and beauty and glory and wonderfulness. And make your way to Bethlehem and worship this Christ child. This child with a single name that is worthy of our Christmas worship. His name is Jesus. Thanks for being here for today's Christmas Day edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. And be sure to visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to any of Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Well, we have a great resource to share with you today. Dr. Ron Jones' book, The Jesus Way to Pray. And he joins me now to tell us a little bit about it. Ron, so excited about the release of your new book, The Jesus Way to Pray, an intimate journey through the Lord's Prayer. What inspired you to write this book? Thanks for the question, Brian. You know, I think all of us, no matter how long we've been following Jesus, can use some help with our prayer life. I know I can, and I'm supposed to be a professional at this, right? I can totally understand why the disciples approach Jesus and uh, ask him to teach them how to pray. Fortunately, the model prayer Jesus gave his disciples is recorded for us in the pages of Scripture and preserved for nearly 2,000 years. It's known worldwide as the Lord's Prayer. I call it the Jesus way to pray. Ron, you say in the introduction to the book, nobody is in a better position to teach us how to pray than Jesus. What do you mean by that? Well, Brian, to say, Lord, teach us to pray, as Jesus' disciples did, is kind of like asking Michael Jordan or LeBron James to teach us how to play the game of basketball or Leonardo da Vinci to teach us how to paint a masterpiece like The Last Supper or The Mona Lisa, or Michelangelo to teach us how to sculpt a marble stone into David or the Pieta. Uh, truly, nobody is in a better position to teach us how to pray than Jesus. I appreciate your thoughts as always, Pastor. And thanks for sharing this important resource with us. Again, that book is called The Jesus Way to Pray, An Intimate Journey Through the Lord's Prayer. Order your copy for a donation of $25 or more. Share it with friends this Christmas by requesting a two-pack for $50, a four-pack for $75, or an eight-pack for a donation of $150 or more. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Ron, we're about out of time, but before we go, tomorrow we kick off something we do around here every December at this time. Pick a few of your best messages from the current year and re-air them as we lead into the new year. 
Tell us about this first message, which airs tomorrow right here on Something Good Radio. Well, Brian, we don't like to talk about this very much, but all of us, and I mean every last one of us, in the flesh, we are prone to wander away from God. Isaiah 53 says it this way, All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's sad and beautiful at the same time. Uh, Psalm 23, at the beginning of verse 3, King David says, He restores my soul. Well, the reason we would need restoration in our souls is because sometimes we wander. We sometimes lose our way. So the next time, I'd like to offer a message of hope to anyone out there who is wandering right now. I think it will be of some benefit because it will redirect you to the source of all comfort and healing. The message is called Hope for Cast Down Sheep. And Dr. Ron Jones shares it with us next time. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying Merry Christmas and thanks for listening.